Hello and a warm welcome to this week's edition of the Africa Legal Podcast. This week I'm joined by Raymond Simway. Raymond is the managing and founding partner of BiteLex Advocates. He is recognised as a pioneer of venture law in Uganda and much of East Africa. Raymond draws experience from helping companies and investors interests in investing in ventures. Raymond has advised several startups in respect of several pertinent legal aspects affecting their businesses, business structuring and registration, capital structuring, corporate governance, regulation, business licensing, equity and quasi-equity finance, as well as intellectual, intellectual property protection and licensing. To date, the startups he has represented have raised over one million US dollars in form of equity financing. So, Raymond, a very warm welcome to the podcast. Hi, uh, Thomas. Happy to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. Absolute pleasure. So, let's dive right in. Raymond, you, you last caught up with Africa Legal in October 2019, and so much has changed since then. But let's focus specifically on the firm's journey. I'm aware you've grown, developed new products, and continue to lead at the forefront of venture investments in East Africa. But what have been some of the highlights over this period of time? Uh, thanks, Thomas. Uh, I think it's uh, important to give you know context as a firm of where we've been. So initially, the firm's focus was to you know meet the gap uh, to support young startup, high growth companies. Uh, we started off with Uganda, but then we noticed that our vision was replicable, you know, across East Africa. So we have since, you know, expanded to Rwanda. And then as we will go on, I'll talk about how we've been able to, you know, create affiliates and mentor young lawyers across several African countries. And right now we are supporting countries, rather startups in almost seven or eight countries. So to, you know, Talk about this further. Some of the highlights have been, of course, we've had to suddenly grow to, you know, all those countries. And in a rather delicate season, uh, as you can tell, it's been very delicate with, you know, the COVID pandemic raging. But that has helped us innovate as a firm. It has given us a chance to reflect how we can work with distributed teams. And it's been very exciting to see how the firm has evolved and picked up different tools, you know, we're using different tools now to handle distributed teams across different countries. And we've actually had to build our own proprietary tools internally that would help us with document assembly and document creation for clients. So that, that has been a very interesting journey for us. On the other end, we have had to innovate for our clients as well. Uh, in addition to the document assembly platforms that I've talked about, We've had to evolve because, you know, we do a lot of work in the investment space, especially for emerging companies. So those of you that might remember us, we've worked on, you know, early stage financing uh, document that we worked on, you know, last year. And we rolled out the first version of that. Thanks to the COVID pandemic, we've had enough time to reflect how investments might look after the pandemic. So we've improved that a bit and rolled out two other versions to supplement the earlier shield version that we had done. So that, that that's a bit of the highlights. I must say it's been a very interesting ride to see. 
I think that's fantastic to hear, Raymond. You know, it's it's difficult at the best of times for young uh, African law firms to to grow and thrive. You know, let's throw a global pandemic into that mix, and it makes it it can seem nigh on impossible. So hearing the success that you found is 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 brilliant. And I hope that a lot of young African law firms can take stock and take great, great hope from that success that you've been able to find. Now, both Bytelex and Africa Legal share a passion for finding and developing legal talent on the continent. Now, I know that the firm recently ran your tech startup ambassador attorney program as the centerpiece for your development of young African talent. Uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about the program and the successes that it's brought you so far? Yeah, uh, thank you, Thomas. Happy to. Well, the inspiration to create the Tech Startup Ambassador Attorney Program was largely designed internally after we had, you know, countless times tried to hire young lawyers. Uh, we, we had tried to hire these young lawyers fresh out of school, but, but even mid-sized attorneys that had, you know, practiced for some time, three years or two years or five years even. And one thing that we, we, we observed was that there was a need for lawyers that were entrepreneurial, that understood the unique aspects of the businesses that you know our clients participated in. As you might know, we do a lot of work in the tech startup space. So it's usually very, very important for the client to feel like you understand you know, what uh, um, um, Java is or you know, what Python as a language is, or even on the more, you know, uh, hardware side of things, Arduino boards, and we've had clients that engage us in that, and they usually want to make fun to see whether you can, you know, you can keep up. So it's 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 something we kept looking for in young lawyers and also lawyers that had practiced for some time, and we felt that there was a need to be able to support these lawyers that understood, you know, the unique aspects of the business, but then also more importantly the the. The, the types of law that supported uh, businesses, you know, issues to do with share structures and, you know, using shares to, you know, compensate people, which is still a very young culture in Africa. So what we did was to create a program that, you know, supports lawyers across um, Africa and also lawyers anywhere else in the world that have a focus on doing work in Africa. And so what we did was to, you know, roll out the advert and ask anyone. We made a call, asked anyone to apply. We thought maybe we'd just have, you know, five or maybe 10 lawyers alone. But in just our first round, we had over 50 lawyers apply. And that's really interesting to see. And so we sieved out and we remained with about 15 of those. And 15 of those went through the program, an online program for a week where we try to expose them to, you know, these unique aspects of venture law uh, for a week. And then what we've done now is we've been able to identify like-minded individuals and those we think are going to drive change across the farm for us. And we'll be working with them uh, closely across Africa to deliver uh, the bitelex services in the different countries. It's been exciting to see the new breed of lawyers that you know are coming out of this program. And it's even inspired us to think of it as the only way that the firm now currently recruits uh, lawyers. Fantastic to hear. 
I, uh, you're really talking my language there, Raymond, when it comes to, you know, encouraging young lawyers to think about the client first, think about business sense first, think about a little bit of technical knowledge first, and the law comes almost second. You know, that's what clients really care about. They want to feel that you know their business and know their problems, not that you know the uh, you know, laws of maritime shipping edition 2019 back to yeah. front. You know, they yeah. couldn't care less. Yeah. They want to know that you understand the business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I really support that kind of endeavor. I'm, I'm glad that it's brought you a lot of success. Now, now talking about new endeavors, we've got your flagship event, Next.Legal. Um, it's going entirely virtual this year, looking to be held on October 23. And you've already been enticing a pan-African audience with a series of country-focused web seminars. I'll make sure we uh, we link to those, if possible, in the podcast description. But help us explore some of the key themes and topics that you'll be looking at at this year's event. And most importantly, what speakers can we look forward to hearing from on the day? Yeah. Thank, th- thank you so much, um, Tom. So, we, we, we are looking at a Pan-African audience, and again, it's inspired with, you know, our practice. What we've quickly learned is that we need to think of a one Africa, and that, you know, inspired the theme. The theme this year is an integrated ecosystem uh, built on radical ideas. Again, what we noticed from practice once we started venturing out and supporting companies across East Africa we noticed that all these countries were uniquely interconnected. They needed each other to, you know, support these companies. So I'll give you an example. A country like Rwanda has so many sandboxes. It has so many sandbox licenses. It's a very perfect country if you want to test out a technology. And regulators are ready and welcoming to allow you, you know, test out some of those technologies. And I'll give you an example of our client that we worked with that, you know, was trying to do a drone solution for quite long and had tried to do it in the U.S. and so many other countries. And drones are a no-go area for those of us in this space. But Rwanda was that country that welcomed them and then helped them work through even creating the fast model regulations to be able to, you know, do drones in Rwanda. And because of that model, they've now been able to use that and talk about it and use it as a... As, as a model to scale to other countries. And then when you go to a country like, you know, Kenya, you're going to find a couple of venture venture capitalists or even private equity firms that are ready to actually invest in these companies. And then when you come to Uganda, you find that there's a very good community of social businesses and businesses that are looking for social impact. So if you're looking to, you know, get investment in social related work, Uganda would be your bet. If you're looking to get investors who understand tech entirely, Kenya would be your bet. If you're looking to just test a technology, you know, in in a a country, Rwanda would be your bet. So because of that, and based on the experience we've seen with some of our clients, we've realized that it is one ecosystem and someone needs to be thinking of how you can bring that ecosystem together. So the Next.Legal event this year is celebrating that we are bringing, you know, delegates from Rwanda, Uganda, Kenya, South Africa, Zambia, and we want all of them to be under one online roof where they'll be able to, you know, in- interact 
explore solutions. And even the topics are designed around that. So, for instance, we've recently, you know, we've, we've thought through topics on um, um, alternative financing and how that is working well for some companies in Rwanda. We've also talked about, you know, startup regulation. How, how would, you know, a startup act work for uh, companies in, in a country? We've had uh, thoughts on that and we'll have topics, uh, we'll have people speak on that as well. Then we've also had uh, a chat on diaspora capital and we think that diaspora capital is also a big deal. We are seeing, you know, initiatives out of Ghana where, you know, people in the US are thinking of connecting back to their roots. And we're also seeing that, you know, African-Americans are increasingly showing interest in, you know, investing in Africa. And also those that have immigrated into, you know, the U.S. are sending money back to invest. would like to leverage that as well. And so we think that it is one integrated system and all these countries in a unique way uh, connect. So expect at the event uh, that kind of, you know, those kinds of topics, uh, including um, all these countries and how each can mutually benefit from each other. Well, I'm, I'm doubly excited uh, with that extra information, Raymond, because I, I couldn't agree more with the need to explore and identify the key stakeholders of this ecosystem. You know, uh, a, a, a pinch of the regulatory flexibility of Rwanda combined with the robust venture capitalists already established in Kenya with the entrepreneurial abilities of uh, Ugandans. You know, bringing this together is exceptional. And the second reason I'm so happy is it's a law firm who has gone that extra mile to actually bring these people together. And it's nice that we can surprise the ecosystem by saying, this is a law firm doing it. You know, this isn't um, the, the the lawyers of old, you know, the, the smoke piping, seat sitting, uh, inflexible lawyers. These are people at the very forefront of what it means to do to do modern business in a modern Africa. So I applaud it. Very, very good to hear. And, um, the firm is is obviously doing an awful lot to support and drive forward the startup scene in Africa, but we still often hear of the unrealized potential of the continent's entrepreneurs. Where do you personally see the main bottlenecks in unleashing the true power of African startups? Is it as simple as a lack of funding, or is it support, resourcing, talent, or a blend of all of these? Yes. So, Thomas, thank you for that question. We think that the one thing that, you know, the main bottleneck in unleashing true power of the startups is, you know, being able to identify resilient founders or resilient talent. Uh, the reason for that is, as an African startup, there's a lot of hurdles that you have to overcome. And COVID isn't making things any better it's just making things a little harder to do. So if we can identify resilient founders, resilient CEOs, resilient officers, then these companies have a shot. All these other things, you know, funding, support, and resourcing, they are all equally important. But if a founder is resilient, they will be able to build a company up to some point to be able to actually approach investors and show them the growth that they've been able to achieve in such situations. 
Interestingly, we've actually noticed that even angel investors in Africa ordinarily would have fewer requirements to invest in these companies, but for Africa, they are adding extra conditions, including uh, social impact, proof of growth or potential for growth. So that you know makes it a little harder. So what that means for you as a founder is to hang on, build your company up to some point, identify your product market fit, have some post revenue, you know, have some revenue to prove your concept, and then it's only a matter of time before you have all these other things lining up for you. You'll have the support, you will have the financing, you'll have that all right there for you. A very positive message for the entrepreneurs of Africa, which is very, very welcome indeed. So, Raymond, to, to bring things to a close, with, with so much coming up from the firm, dare I ask, what's next? Does further regional expansion beckon, or are you going to take stock and look at your use of technology and remote working uh, you know, to drive into the future? Give, give us your sense. Where are you going with, with, with things? Thank you, Tom. Um, when, when I think of the future, uh, it scares me <laughs> because as a firm, uh, innovation comes first to us. And so we are closely embracing how we can deliver services online. But that, again, being able to deliver services online usually has its challenges. We want to make sure that there's a personal touch to it. So you will be able, uh, and we will be launching these products at the next .Lego event, so we encourage you to attend. We will be launching a product that allows you to commission us to do work for you online, but then get actual contact hours with a lawyer to meet you and to talk to you. So that for us is a very interesting future that we look forward to. And then we will also be launching you know, the Shield documents the shield financing documents. As I mentioned last year, we did just one shield. That has evolved in two other flavors that are going to support companies into a world post-COVID. So for us, we're already looking at investments post-COVID based on the feedback we've got from you know, the investors, but then also very resourceful partners that we work with on these documents, such as Oric, uh, Harrington, and Sutcliffe. So we think that the future for us is going to be supporting these companies through financing post-COVID and would like to create the tools for that. And then we will also work with clients remotely, but give them the sense of working with a lawyer face-to-face. -face. So that for us is the user experience we want to create as a firm. And that, that is where we see ourselves going in the next few months post-COVID. Very good to hear about the forward-looking aspects of the firm's development and also yet another example of lawyers embracing technology to enable and develop their practices rather than fearfully running away from it with the idea that technology can, can replace uh, the legal services delivered by lawyers. So, so very positive all round. So, Raymond, a, a big thank you from myself for joining me today for this week's edition 
of the Africa Legal Podcast. And a thank you as always to our listeners. If you would like to find the back catalogue of the Africa Legal Podcast episodes, these are available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or SoundCloud. So without further ado, I will be signing off. This has been Tom Pearson, and you have been listening to the Africa Legal Podcast.